Welcome to the Financial Key Podcast with Ashley Lee. I'm a millennial money coach, but you can think of me as your financially savvy Alexa. Each episode, we will uncover and discuss the keys you need on your road to financial independence. I will connect you to the answers to the questions you have and even the ones you didn't think to ask. Debt, side hustles, entrepreneurship, real estate, and investing are all topics we will discuss here. So let's jump right in because you do not want to miss the keys we're dropping in today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome to episode two of the Financial Key Podcast. In today's episode, we are talking about the stock market. There's been so much news around the stock market, especially during COVID. One minute it's going up and literally the next minute it's going down and everyone is panicking. Also, the recent announcement of the stock split of Apple and Tesla was a huge deal that was all over the news. I know many of you are ready to jump in the stock market game or at least just learn more about it before you do. Well, I've got you covered. Today, I'm interviewing the stock market guru herself, Ashley Copeland. Ashley is the host of the Stacks in the City podcast, and she is all about creating and building wealth. Without a six-figure salary, Ashley has purchased not one, but two properties in D.C. And y'all, let me tell you, it is not cheap to live here. And she currently has a net worth of over six figures, and she's not even 30 yet. Ashley teaches others how to make their money grow without a lot of effort. I met Ashley last year at a financial event here in D.C., and y'all, she's a boss, and I'm so happy to have her join us. This episode is going to be full of gems, so pull out your notebook and your pen. But before we even jump into the episode, make sure you subscribe to Ashley's podcast, Stacks in the City, and follow her on Instagram at Stacks in the City. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Hey everyone, I have Ashley Copeland with me. I'm so excited that she can join us. Um, This episode, like I mentioned earlier, it's all about the stock market and she was the very first person that came to mind um, when I was thinking about who to have on to discuss the stock market and all, all of the craziness that it's doing. So Ashley, thank you again for joining me and I'll let you introduce yourself to everybody. Oh, yeah. It's a pleasure, Ashley. I'm so glad to be here. Hey, everybody. I'm Ashley Copeland. I am a podcast host and brand leader, I guess, of Stacks in the City, which teaches people about all things investing. So I specialize in the real estate and the stock markets, and I teach people how to invest in the real estate and stock markets, basically. I come from rural North Carolina. I was raised by a single mom, and I learned about how to invest on my own. I saved $10,000 at 21. I invested that in the stock market. And like what, eight, nine years later, I've grown into $150,000 in assets, which includes my property value, properties, and my investment portfolio. Perfect. So you've been a boss since like day one. So tell me like, what was the money <laughs> education that you had growing up that you knew at 21 that you wanted to save uh, versus, you know, most 21 year olds who are, you know, traveling and all that. What was your mindset growing up? Yeah. Um, It's interesting when I was, uh, I was growing up, I grew up, uh, I would say at first I was like in a pretty strong working class family. And then um, my parents split up uh, when I was nine or 10. Mm -hmm. So we went from this American family, like this black family that has these aspirations of moving to a bigger house and I guess moving on up to living in rural North Carolina in poverty. And um, so my mom lived by, we lived with my mom, my siblings and I, and uh, in a double wide in rural North Carolina. So I noticed like, you know, to have food stamps and be on Medicaid, all that fun stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. But we were, my family was very cheap. Like my mom is very cheap. My dad is even cheaper. So I learned, I learned, we just adapted to the, that mentality, like just to be very, very 
frugal with your money. We didn't really, we got the bare minimum. Like my mom didn't get a car in the 20, like a 21st century model car until like 2013. That's because she took my car, for example. Like we were, Mm -hmm. we lived very much so below the means, even though our means were like below the poverty line. So Mm -hmm. I saved a lot of my money as well. And it was really out of fear. I was afraid that my parents may need something one day or I might have to move back to North Carolina, which I didn't want to do. So I was very, 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 very frugal. And that's how those habits, um, I developed those types of habits because of my family. Mm-hmm. But I learned about investing in the market um, from reading. I read a lot of Wikipedia back in the day, a lot of blogs like to read about how to invest in the, in the stock market. You learn about it. Real estate was what I was really interested in at first. And um, I'd always wanted to buy property. And I just saved money. And instead of, I guess, keeping it in savings, which I had done for such a long time, I invested in the stock market. I went to my bank and I wrote a check to this man and he took away all my money. And I was, that was like the most scary thing ever. Like that was the most scary thing I think I've ever done because at that time I was super afraid I was going to lose all my money. And that obviously wasn't the case, but we were not exposed to it. And when you're getting your information from people who also don't know what they're talking about, you're going to, you're going to believe it anyway. You mm-hmm. have to, you got to figure out where you're getting your information from. Absolutely. So what age were you when you wrote that check out to that man to start <laughs> investing? How old were you? I was 21 when I wrote 21. it to Chuck. Okay. Shout out to Chuck at BB&T. <laughs> <laughs> He's so, so cool. Did you do any type of like research beforehand or you were just like, I'm going to just go for it? So well, I'm just still doing, like, oh, how'd you do that? Yeah, no, I've been, no, I've been doing research. I could tell you exactly how the stock market works. Okay. I could tell you about like some kind of stock. I could tell you all of that stuff. I didn't know a lot, but I had an understanding about it. I didn't know how to open an account. I didn't know about any of that, but I heard about it and I knew about it. But, um, and I knew about it for years, but I just never acted on it. A, because it was, I didn't know the semantics. And B, I was really, 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 really scared. I was going to lose all my hard-earned money because I worked really hard for that money. I waited tables um, for most of my teens and my 20s as well. So mm-hmm. I was really scared, but it was really just a day. I was like, you know, you just can't just give it a go. I kind of like closed my eyes and I wrote the check kind of, you know, okay. I gave it to him turning away. Mm-hmm. I was really, I, I, like, I was really scared. I can't emphasize that enough, but that didn't stop me from doing it anyway. Mm-hmm. Everything so I do great. when it comes to money is scary. It is. It really is. <laughs> yeah. And that was like a lot of the questions that I received um, from listeners. It's like, I want to jump into the stock market game, but I'm scared, you know, especially yeah. going on in the news. Like it's up one minute down the next, like people really have a fear with the stock market. And I feel like a lot of times that fear is also compounded because they just don't know how it works. But it seems like you did your research beforehand and the fear wasn't quite as large because you at least had a little bit of background knowledge before you jumped into it. Yeah, but you know, honestly, Ashley, I would still say that it was, it was, I remember like that you know, that anxiety that you get that comes from your stomach and it moves up to your shoulders and Mm -hmm. up to your, that was still there. Like that's, let's not just, I, because I very distinctly remember being in that room, that conference room with him Mm -hmm. in Durham. And I I can't say that it wasn't, I just did it. Cause my knowledge, especially what I know now, I would say is like 5%. So I want your listeners to know, like, you know, I used to say, don't be scared, but you can be, be scared. It's okay to be scared because you don't know. It's, we fear the unknown, but just because you're scared, it shouldn't be an excuse for you not to give it a try. Mm-hmm. I, um, I think a lot of people, it's, it's a silent majority that's winning. They're not going to talk about their experiences investing in the stock market, A, because they don't really know. They have someone else manage their money for them, mm-hmm. or B, the stock market is doing what, they're, what it's supposed to be doing. So you're not going to complain about something when it's working for you mm-hmm. the people that are talking about it either are like talking heads on cnbc that are just you know trying to get attention ratings you know glamour or they're people who did lose money but they're losing money because they didn't know what they were doing mm-hmm. so you have to you really need to be careful about where you're getting this information from where you're learning you know and that's what i started thinking about more 
And um, when you invest, you start learning more when you, when you actually actively start doing it and you get better at it. You really do. Right. Right. I can definitely see that. So after you wrote that check, so <laughs> what were your steps from there? Did you continue to do your research? Did you check in with it or did you kind of mm -hmm. just leave it alone and kind of see what it would do? What was your mm -hmm. approach after you, you know, wrote the check out? That's a great question. So I left it alone because, well, again, what I know now is that, you know, there's different types of um, investment accounts. Like there's different ways to invest your money. And unbeknownst to me, I had someone manage money for me. So I had a, a broker. So all I did was give him a check and he would put the money in different stocks for me. But all I did was write a check. Now that's more expensive than if you do it on your own. But I wasn't confident in myself at that time. So I didn't think I, I could even do that. I don't even think I, looking back, I don't think I even knew that was possible. Mm -hmm. But um, I just wrote a check each year to fund my Roth IRA. And I think every year he would tell me about how my investments were doing, but I, was, I really didn't understand. I just kept writing him a check. And um, that, was, that was really what I, that's it. So mm -hmm. I didn't do anything. And that's the, the thing about the stock market. If you can find like 10 to 15 stocks that you really like, um, by doing research for, I would say the next 10, 20, 30 years, you've done all the hard work. All you have to do then is just fund it. Mm -hmm. It's not that, it's really not that complicated, which sounds funny to say, but it's really not. If you can find those 10 to 15 stocks that, that you can grow with for the rest of your life, you'll be fine. Right. Right. And I feel like that's what stops a lot of people. Cause maybe they try to overcomplicate it. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that kind of plays into the fear, like they don't want to make a mistake or they don't want to yeah. do the wrong thing. And it kind of like paralyzes them from doing anything at all. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But the only way you're going to learn, Ashley, is really to try. I mean, I know you know that, but that's the only way you're really going to learn is mm -hmm. just to give it a go. Because mm -hmm. the worst thing that will happen, I mean, honestly, the worst thing, you're really not going to lose all of your money. You will, you, you're not, I'm not going to say, it's not impossible, but it's just difficult <laughs> it's very it's it difficult <laughs> yeah it's, i'm thinking like well it's really difficult to lose it all if you may have a downturn we focus so much on the negative though we have maybe down but in the long term you're gonna win the stock market has been around since the 17th century this modern concept of it and the new york stock exchange has been around since the late 18th century I'm just, you know, you got to think about it. Somebody's been winning for it to be around for so long. You know, might so as well be true. you. Exactly. So true. So true. Yeah. So I just want to take it back to the basics. So I'm glad we started yeah. off with your story. But for someone, you know, who's maybe 21 now and doesn't know yeah. anything about the stock market, what would you advise them? Would you advise them to have a broker handle their investments for them like you did when mm -hmm. you were 21? Or do you think mm -hmm. um, you can do it on your own if you do mm -hmm. it some research what would you advise them to do if they're just so starting out? if yeah so if i were me back in the day i was 21 again i would a hundred percent manage it myself a hundred percent yes because the the catch with having someone do it for you is that you're paying a premium for them to do that which i didn't know so let's say i'm giving them ten thousand dollars well you know a thousand of that is going to go to the broker it's going to go to the to Chuck to the to person managing your money, mm -hmm. and then nine thousand is going to actually physically go to the stock market. Whereas if you're doing it um, using E Trade or now we have Robinhood, which didn't exist when I was twenty one, you can do it. Your, you can make those trades yourself by doing some research, and the research isn't complicated. That's the other thing. Don't make this complicated. If you invest in something called index funds that track the S and P five hundred, that's a honestly just google that it's not that complicated just google stocks that track the s p 500 you'll get this whole list of index funds or etfs and just invest in that just copy and paste like we're not going to make this complicated you have to trust and believe that it works mm -hmm. it, that's the thing you never see it so it's hard to believe and i think a lot of us don't have a long time horizon we don't think about next year or the year after or five years from now um, so you're not thinking that far ahead, but you have to when you're um, investing. Mm -hmm. But if I were, yeah, if I were 21, I would say open up a Robinhood or an E-Trade account and put your refund check in there and uh, buy a shares of VOO and keep your day moving and don't think about it ever again. That's it. Okay. Maybe once a month you feed your account, you know, 
feed it a couple dollars, like a dog, feed it, and then <laughs> keep your day, keep your day moving, and don't think about it again. Mm-hmm. So what about when we have those, you know, crazy days where it seems like, you know, the world's on fire, the stock market's yeah. going down, and everybody wants to jump in and grab their money? What do you do? Then you buy because it's low. It's like everything is on sale. You just you say, oh, the market's down. And you just buy, mm-hmm. just buy a stock. But the thing is, if you um, and that's what I'm saying. The, the older I've gotten, the more I really started understanding and researching how the stock market works. The stock market changes every single day, every second. You'll see your your stocks change by the cent, and if you have a bigger portfolio made by the dollar. It's always changing. It's always moving around, but it's like the black plight. You know, it's like two steps forward, half a step back. Well, it's a little better than the black plight, but you know, you keep moving forward, even though you have a little setback, but it's, it's just set up for a big comeback. It's like Mariah Carey's career. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's what the stock market the is. The perfect it's analogy. Mariah, it's Mariah Carey's career. Right. So if you take anything from this episode, just think of the stock market like Mariah Carey's career. That's the perfect. That's right. <laughs> 2005. So, um, the next question that I got from listeners that um, when I reached out to them is how much should they start? Is there like a good number where someone would feel comfortable that, okay, you know, maybe I lost this amount. Um, what, what do you think for a beginner is a good amount to start with for investing? Yeah. Okay. So first, before, before I say that, when, you know, make sure that your audience, your listeners, your people know don't, don't go into the stock market thinking you're going to lose. Don't think like that. Mm-hmm. Don't ever think that you're, you're not going to lose. You're going to gain way more. Like I said, it's a small setback for a major comeback. And again, it, it changes every day. Like, don't go into this thinking you're going to lose. Don't th- go and think about how much you're going to have in returns, like how much money you're going to have. That's the first thing I would say. But to answer the question, I would say, um, as it, so I was a former um, broker. I was licensed. I worked at Morgan Stanley and they would say a minimum of like $5,000, okay. but you have people who manage your money for you. I would say a, a safe, a good number is a thousand for me because um, stocks are expensive. They are, they're, they're kind of pricey when you like, as you're buying a piece of a company, you want it to be kind of, you know, kind of cost something because that means it's worth something, you know? So I think a thousand is a good number because that will allow you to buy like a couple shares of a company and the shares can go anywhere from, you know, $5 up to $300 up to $2,000. So it depends on what your budget is. But I think that's a really great, it's a strong number because to me, it also says that you can save. It says to me that you're pretty solid with budgeting and those things matter too. Like investing is the next level of saving in a way because it's long-term. That's what savings do is a long-term um, way to, to um, keep your money. But I mean, honestly, you can really start with $100. You can start with 50. It's just not, it's not a lot, but you can definitely start with that. All you do is, you know, buy a share of like a Delta Airlines. I think right now that's probably like $28 or so, mm-hmm. maybe a little more. Mm-hmm. You can really start with anything you want, but I think for it to make an impact, I think a thousand is a really strong number, but it doesn't matter what you start with. It's just matter how consistent you are. So like I said, if you, and this is um, something I wish I would have done better, but I learned, I learned this over time. If you are, um, let's say you have a portfolio, let's say you start with $50, but every month you invest $100 into your company, then it's going to blow up, period, over time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So true. That's so true. And just to uh, circle back when you had mentioned pricing, can you explain a little bit how shares work and how like the pricing increases for shares for someone who's not familiar with that? Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So let's do, I mean, I, Amazon's really a really popular example, and I'll use Amazon um, okay, we all for love this. Amazon here. Yeah, we all love we <laughs> all love Amazon. So I think uh, um, you you when you're purchasing a stock specifically, you are buying a piece of company. Think of it as a brick of a building, and you are purchasing a piece of the building, a brick from the building. And the more bricks that you buy the more percentage of the ownership you have and you have more bricks, more shares, then you have a chance to earn more money from that. So that's really all the stock market, 
purchasing a stock is. It's owning a piece of brick. That's really like a piece of ownership in a company. So like I said, if let's say you bought Amazon, I think I could be very wrong about this, but I think Amazon's um, IPO, like when Amazon first was available for people to buy back mm -hmm. in 1997, I think it was either like 12 to $17. Let's say wow. it was, let's say it was $12 to buy. Right. But the thing is, nobody was checking for Amazon back then. Nobody knew who that was. <laughs> exactly. And that's what I'm saying. Y'all got to remember too. I wish. No, there's an Amazon in the stock market right now. You just don't know about it because mm -hmm. all people are talking about are, is Amazon and Tesla and Apple. And there's plenty of other stocks. Anyway. So no one was checking for Amazon like that back in the day, but I think it was like between 12 and $17 then. But you have to think about it. So you're investing, you're putting money, you're owning that brick because you believe that that company is going to continue to use your money that you put in there to grow their business. They need money to, to grow, to buy supplies, for advertising, for more employees, mm -hmm. to, for their bonuses. You know, they need that money. So that's what you're, that's where the money will go when you're owning a piece of company. So, all right, so you buy that. So let's think about Amazon. Amazon, it took what, 25 years for it to be 23, 25 years for it to grow into what it is now. Mm -hmm. But what did Amazon start doing in that 23 years? It started having books. Okay, it started with books. And then it started with TV, it started having like more like regular ticket items. Then it introduced the Kindle, everybody went mm -hmm. crazy. Mm -hmm. Then it introduced Prime, everybody's going crazy. As the fire stick. And mm -hmm. then, it, then it bought Washington Post. And then it bought, Amazon, then it bought food, Whole Foods. So you have to think about it. It's like, okay, well, they're doing more things. They're getting bigger as the company gets bigger. So is your investment. That's why it grew from $12 or 17, whatever it was, to over 2000 because they use that money. They invested the money that you invested. They're using it to make their business better, to make it grow, to make it bigger. So when you're investing your money, you're putting your, your trust that this company is going to use it to earn more money. Mm -hmm. And that's how it works. That's how you have to start thinking about it. So you mentioned earlier about there's an Amazon in the stock market. Do you know of any Absolutely. companies that you, that would be like the Amazon in the next 20, 25 years? Well, Ashley, that's really hard to say <laughs> because I have to we know need to all know. the stocks. I know, right? But I, what I will say, um, there, what, what I will say is that if you look at um, this thing, it's called the Russell 2000. And uh, it's a, it's basically, it's a database. It's a search engine of all of these like new, like popping companies that are, um, they're called small cap, which is like, they're growing, they're growing companies. Like Amazon started as a small cap company. They're small, like, cause think of it as like a small business kind of, or a startup. Think of it like that. They're new and emerging companies, but they have a lot of promise. That's, um, that's a, a database that I would suggest people to look at. Okay. People are already doing the research for you. You'll, you could probably find your Amazon there because this, they're proven that they may be small, but they're mighty. They have a lot of potential to continue to grow. So I would, I recommend to look there and I've, I've seen, um, there's been a couple stocks. I can't think of right now that I've seen on that list. Mm-hmm. So that's what I recommend people to start looking into if you want to do, if you want to find that. But, you know, again, um, when you're, when you're investing in the market, you know, you shouldn't be looking at it like that either, honestly, like, um, cause that to me, it's like your place, it's like bets and gambling and the stock market is not a bet. It's not a gamble. It's like, you're trying to find that next big thing, but really you should, um, you should be looking at stocks that, um, adhere to your needs, like, uh, your goals. Maybe your goal isn't to find the next Amazon because maybe you're 45, 50, mm -hmm. you don't have, Amazon took 20, think about it, 20 years to grow into what it is now, 20 years. Do you have 20 years to wait for that? It's cool to say Amazon's popping now, but could you say that back in 2003? Yeah. I don't know. But so maybe you're, maybe you are scared. Like you said, you have that fear um, and you want something that you know is going to do well. So you will get stocks that have a history of doing really well. They're like the A students that you know that will cause you no trouble. Mm -hmm. You can get stocks like that, that you know are gonna have done well for a long time and will continue to do well until the end of time. Like you want something like that. Mm -hmm. I feel like those types of stocks are for people who 
have way more time on their hands, which I think a lot of your audience does. Like this, this is definitely something that a lot of you all have. I think if you're between the age of 18 and 40, I think you have that, that the time to watch something like that grow, a smaller company grow into something big. And some, there are a lot of big companies out here that you've never heard of too. Mm-hmm. Big so ones that you're like, I don't even, I don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. And they're out here making plenty of money. <laughs> That's a good point. Thank you for sharing that. So are there any like industries, at least for beginners, that you think they should kind of start looking at? Like, are there certain industries that typically perform well that a beginner who's getting into the stock market um, would see some success with? Yeah. So, okay. First, I, again, it's so important. Like, what are, What's your goal? I would always say that. Is your, is your goal just to kind of get your feet wet and see what's going on? Okay. If that's what, what it is, then um, for me, I would start, honestly, and this is probably advice that most people wouldn't recommend because it is um, more, I guess, quote unquote, risky, but I would invest in an individual stock that you are, um, that you like, like that you shop at a lot, you know? Um, let's see. Let's say that you love, um, eating out and you're a vegetarian, mm-hmm. I would invest in uh, like the impossible meat company. There's a lot of these like meatless meat companies mm-hmm. that are emerging to be like really big, um, really big companies that, that are changing the future of what food looks like. I would do that. It's an individual stock and most investors and myself included would recommend doing a bundle of stocks. So like I said, ETFs, index funds, something like that. But if you're new and you have $100 or something like that, and you just want to see how it works, buy a share of that. Like maybe you're a vegetarian, maybe you like impossible meat, buy a share and watch Mm -hmm. it for 30 days and watch what happens to it. You'll see, let's say you bought it for $70. Let's say like today it's $70.10. Tomorrow it could be $70.15. It's really like the increments can be that small. Mm-hmm. over a course of like a week and 30 days. But when you do that over a course of a year, it can turn into $72 or $75. And if you're adding more share, if you're purchasing more of that brick, it's going to be even more money because you own more of it. It's like that. Mm-hmm. It's like that. So I always recommend if there's someone who's new, just buy a share of something that you really like just to dabble and take a look at physically how it works. And then you start putting your money into what your goal, what your actual goals are. Mm-hmm. And that's what I, I did that. Like I said, I, I feel like if I started my investment journey seriously, um, maybe like two or three years ago, and I, I've seen what can, can come of that for sure. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think that's a great idea. So on the flip side of that question, mm-hmm. are there any industries that maybe a beginner should stay away from? So maybe like a newish industry like yeah. or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I would, so I would actually say definitely invest in cannabis. Do it. Why not? Give it Mm -hmm. a go. Like I, that, that industry ain't going nowhere. If anything, it's getting stronger from what I've seen. I would definitely say invest in the cannabis industry. Mm -hmm. Industries I wouldn't recommend a new person to invest in. Anything speculative. So, okay. A lot of people are really negative. There are some people are real negative about the stock market. Like I said, you know, you're going to lose all your money. Bad things are going to happen. Da, da, da. This, that, and the third. What I would recommend for that is, People like want to invest in gold. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. People want to invest because that 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 basically means when there's a recession, then your money's going to go up. Mm-hmm. So and that's recessions are bad. Like you don't want a recession. So why would you put all your money in a recession? You know, I wouldn't do that. Um, honestly, what honestly is truly a, such a pet peeve of mine, and this this is probably just me. Cryptocurrency, Bitcoin. Like, <laughs> That's gonna be my next one. I hear that so often. Exactly. So again, often. Exactly. I'm like, don't because my thing is you're hearing people talk about but who's talking who's talking about it? Who are you hearing this from? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's are you hearing it on TV, which most of us, myself included, are are you hearing it on Twitter? Like are these people like what makes them um why are they talking about it? And mm-hmm. for me, if things make the news like that. It's because it already happened. It's past tense. You missed the boat. Mm. That's how I feel about mm-hmm. it. That's why I don't recommend people like at this point, because I feel like you've, in my opinion, you've already missed the boat when it comes to like uh, really making the huge investment in Bitcoin and crypto. People have made mega, like people have absolutely become billionaires from that. 
but they were investing in it when you didn't know again you didn't know about it mm-hmm. so now they're now they're talking about their profits and you know you just want to get in but you late you late right. <laughs> you late I get those comments like at the bottom of my posts all the time, like, hey, I'm teaching a free course on Bitcoin, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, yeah, no thanks. No, foreign acts. No. Yes. Like all those things are, I guess you can, of course, still invest in them, but you really have to know what it is, which I think a lot of people don't really, aren't very familiar with, how it operates, where to trade it from, like what platform are they using? What did the projected returns look like? Mm-hmm. You just can't be like, oh, you got to invest in crypto. It's, it's just, it, it doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't. You, you're late. If anything makes the news, in my opinion, you, you should have been on that. Mm-hmm. That's so, so true. That's what I think. You can okay. quote me on that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I get that all the time. That was actually one of the questions that I um, received was about the whole Bitcoin cryptocurrency oh, type of thing. So I'm do they even know what that sounds so? It sounds so. Do you even know what that means? I, I think it's barely... just trendy personally. Exactly. So anything that's trendy and that's like on Instagram, like oh, let me get in on that. Yeah. I think that's why people are, you know, I, are trying to jump I on the train. Absolutely agree. If I mm-hmm. what's a Bitcoin? Who made it up? When did right. it start? I if still you can't tell me that, as do I. As do I. <laughs> as do I. And like you said, you hear it all the time. And I guess I know there's people who are making money from it. Mm-hmm. But we're late. Right. We missed it. We got to find right. something else that people are going to talk about that we already have. <laughs> so true. So true. So kind of touching on that, one of another question that I received was about purchasing like fractional shares. Mm-hmm. Stock. Do you do that or do you have mm-hmm. any advice around that, at least for someone like trying to get started? So maybe they do want to purchase an Amazon, but they mm-hmm. can't afford to purchase a share, but maybe they can, mm-hmm. you know, afford to do a fractional share of Amazon. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so fractional shares are relatively new. And just like what you said, it gives the lay investor or the, like, the investor who just started the opportunity to, like you said, buy those big stocks. Mm-hmm. And I would say no, I personally, because, because there's a, A, there's a better option, but I say no <clears throat> initially because it's like, well, why would you want to own a piece of something when you can own all of it? Because when you're owning it, you're owning a piece of a, a stock, you're not going to get all the benefits of owning the full share. Just don't buy something just because the, it's trendy, like, or not trend, like just because it's name brand, you know, like that's not why you should be purchasing something just to say you own Amazon. If you can't afford Amazon, then you can't afford it. Like there's a lot of other opportunity in the market where your money can go so much farther. And the better option, again, if you don't want to do the research, because it does take a little bit of research and time to find stocks that have the potential to become the Amazon, the Apples, the Teslas, the Home Depots, blah, the Coca-Colas, so forth. Mm-hmm. What I recommend, and I've said this before, is um, to invest in an index fund that tracks um, the S&P 500. And basically what that means, an index fund is a variety pack of stocks. So really, it's just like that. It's a pieces of stock that are one it's one bundle it's like um i always say when i was growing up we my family my siblings and i could never agree on a cereal so instead of getting one box of cereal my dad would get the variety pack he would get the little the small box of um kellogg's different types of kellogg cereal so you get the corn pops the fruity whatever Corn pops. Thank you. Yeah, frosted. Mm-hmm. You got me. Honey grams, all that. You mm-hmm. get all that. That way, everybody's happy. Everybody eats, and that's that. It's mm-hmm. the same with an index fund. So instead of um, instead of buying one piece of Amazon, why can't you just buy one one share, but little fragments of tech stocks that come into one? So you have the opportunity to buy Amazon. You can buy. Um, Apple, Microsoft, IBM, Oracle, all in one, one stock. So you, it's like everybody wins. Mm-hmm. So that way you own a piece of that, but own pieces of others. And when they grow, so does your stock grow. Mm-hmm. And that's a guarantee. You can't say guaranteed, but that's a very strong way of seeing your money grow, investing in the companies that you care about with a fraction of the cost mm-hmm. and still owning a full share of something. 
Okay, I think that's great. And that kind of actually parlays into the next question. Are there any index funds that you would suggest researching? Yeah, the VOO is a van, any Vanguard stocks okay. or index funds are great. So basically, um, I don't know if people know this. I'm not sure if your audience knows, but an index fund is, so basically there's this like, I always think of this, this like computer nerd, no, like no shade to my computer, shout out to y'all, <laughs> who are like in a dark room, mm-hmm. who are like, they spend hours, their job, their lifelong passion is researching different types of stocks and they put them together and they sell them for you. Like okay. a little hustle man. They mm-hmm. are putting together your tech stocks and your car stocks for you. And all you have to do is buy them. They do all the hard work, all the research, all the legwork for you. All you have to do as an investor is just purchase because the person, this person in the room did it for you. So I think of, um, that's, wait, sorry, what was the question? Oh my gosh, I got excited. No, no, you're fine. <laughs> my bad. The, the, situ- the question was, <laughs> is there a certain, like, how would I go about researching? Yeah, okay, <laughs> yes, yes, the re- so, yeah. so they do, they've done the research for you. All okay. you have to do is buy. When I think particularly um, fidelity index funds, and you can't get them on every platform. Like for example, if it's that, if the man, that guy, that woman, whatever, that computer nerd works for fidelity, then it's probably going to be available only on the fidelity investment platform. If they work for Vanguard, it, well, Vanguard's available at different times, but it might only be available on their platform. So, okay. you know, it's competition, you know, you got to buy the right one for the right, you know, it's mm-hmm. like going to a store. Anyway, but Vanguard, any Vanguard index funds perform really well, generally. So anything like a V, like, you just honestly Google Vanguard index funds. And then same with Fidelity. I've read the Fidelity, whoever's choosing those stocks, picking them, the analysts, Mm-hmm. They pick good. They pick some good stuff good. too. Yeah, they're doing real good. <laughs> so you want to pick them too. You want to do some research, or I mean, um, you want to do that. But again, if you're super new, like I said, let them do their job. Those, you know, Fidelity index funds, the um, Vanguard index funds, and okay. I always tell people, Google the chart. Google it. Look up. I said like, SPX is another one. That's another ETF. Google S V O O index fund. Enter. And it's going to pop up a chart. Mm-hmm. If I were them, I would scroll over to max. And basically that shows you how long that index fund has been trading on the stock market. And if that squiggly line has gone up since its inception, it's going to keep going up. Mm-hmm. So you're going to buy. That's it. Don't do any more research. Just leave it there. Keep, That's it, it. keep it simple. Keep it simple. Mm-hmm. I have, there was someone who was uh, messaging me, a really good friend, messaging me. Oh, the commission's X. Is that good? Oh, I don't know if I want to get it. I want to. No, just buy it now. If you have the money, buy it right now. Like, mm-hmm. don't make it complicated. Buy it right now and keep your day moving. Mm-hmm. In fact, why don't you buy it now and then ask me those questions after you're done buying? There you oh, go. The comm- is it good? Because that way, if it's, if it's really that awful, you can buy the next day or sell it the next day mm-hmm. and you really won't have a lot there really isn't too much of a lot like your loss may be like a dollar if that if there's a if it's if there's even a loss so buy first and then ask all those crazy questions and do all that research but buy okay. it first okay so moral <laughs> of the story is just look for that squiggly line and if it's going yes. in the right direction it's <laughs> gonna keep going in the right it ain't gonna go back especially mm-hmm. if it's that index fund it ain't going back <laughs> okay okay cool so again for the beginner do you think it's better to just start with index funds and then get into single stocks. Yeah, I do. Research is kind of already done for you and you kind of get like the variety pack, like you mentioned earlier. Absolutely. I do. Yes. Because um, just everything that you said is a variety pack. So that like reduces risk. So for example, um, think of it as like a sports team, like you're running and Let's say you're depending on one person to win versus you depending on everybody to mm-hmm, win. Mm-hmm. Well, you have a much more likely chance of everybody, you know, like all five of y'all running. There's going to be one somebody up there who's going to win versus that one person who has to take it for the entire team. The entire team, right. Way more pressure, right? So mm-hmm. that's, what, that, that's what the index funds are. It, it kind of um, it, uh, dissipates the risk. It, it disperses the risk onto everybody. 
Okay. That way you're, you're much less likely to take really big losses. And then, um, when you're tracking the S and P 500, when I keep saying, but that's basically, um, those are basically 500 of the popping stock, the most profitable stocks in the stock market, mm-hmm. 500 of the most profitable ones. So people get kicked out. Companies get kicked out of that all the time. They get some get inducted in, you know, it's, it's, it's dog eat dog in there, but you have, <laughs> but the, the thing with that is, um, for the S and P 500 or the, the index funds that track it, well, you're automatically going to get the best stocks. Because the S&P 500 is the, they're the best stocks in the market. There's thousands, millions of stocks that are trading. It's only 500 that are there. Your index funds are the, are the best stocks, you know, mm-hmm. they're, they're not. So it's, it's, again, can't say it's a guarantee, but it's a very strong likelihood that you're going to be just fine. Just okay. fine. So, so yeah, I would the cream of the that. crop with that. Exactly. Thank you. Exactly. You get in the cream of the crop. You get in the ones that are high ballers, you know, mm-hmm. Maserati's. Orange County, mm-hmm. you get in those types. <laughs> you're not getting, you know, the ones that are trying to make it. Mm-hmm. You're getting the ones that are privileged, okay. that don't have problems. Right, right. <laughs> okay, perfect. That's so good to know. So another question that I kept receiving, if mm-hmm. you can break it down as simple as you can, like the whole yeah. stock split between Apple and Tesla. People were yeah, like, I'm yeah. hearing it on the news. I don't really know why. It's such a big mm-hmm. deal, but I feel like I should purchase it and they don't know why they're jumping in, but they know that. Yeah. The news. No, that's great. Okay. So, okay. Frac- it's, it's not like a fractional share, but it's similar. Whereas the company is doing it on their behalf. The company splits it, not, not some random um, investment platform. That's a good thing. So basically what happens is, if your company is doing so well, popping out here, it's in the game, you know, making their money, making their coins, mm-hmm. their stock price can inflate or um, can, can just go up to a point where your everyday regular schmegler investor can't invest anymore in it because, or buy, you know, buy a share because it's just too high. It costs too much. Like mm-hmm. um, you're better off buying, you know, a, a more inexpensive share. So what are you going to do? Well, you can, split it up. So let's say that I have a pizza, I got pepperoni. I love my pepperoni pizza and I have a whole pizza and I want to give you some of it, but you don't, you're not that hungry. You don't want to eat the whole pizza. So you're not going to buy it from me. Like, let's say my pizza is $10 and I want to give you this whole pizza, but you're, you want it, but you know, you don't want that entire pizza or maybe it's too expensive. You don't want to spend $10 for the whole pizza. You don't need all that. Mm-hmm. So what I do is I take a pizza cutter and I'll split it in half for you. So I still have a whole pizza. It's just split into halves. And instead of it being $10, it's five, two fives. So you're like, okay, well, I could eat a half a pizza. Mm-hmm. I'll give you $5 for it. It's just like that. That's what happens when it's a stock split, only but obviously on a massive scale. The company decides to do a split because their price is too high. They may want an opportunity for retail investors to buy is an opportunity to drive their stock price up because um, it gets a lot of attention. People want to buy, people do buy. It also shows a lot of strength in your company that they can do something. That's kind of baller to be like, Oh, we're so popping. We're just going to give more for y'all to share more mm. capitalism for you. That's, <laughs> That's really America, what it is. Right? <laughs> it's, it's genuine. This is literally America at tip top form. Yeah. So it's like, Oh, well, you know, we're doing, so we're going to just split up. So we're allowing more, um, more shares to trade on the market. So there's more, they split up the bricks for, for cheaper prices So more bricks out there for you to buy mm-hmm. and more people buy it. So uh, Apple made its fourth stock split. It's Apple has been public since 1982. Mm-hmm. And um, they've had, I think this is their fourth one that they've had in um, the last one, I think was in 2014. So they've obviously they're doing really well for them to keep doing these splits like that. Exactly. And, this is Tesla's first stock split and they went public in 2018 or sorry, to 2010. They went public in 2010. So they, um, I mean, Elon Musk is team the most, but he, yeah, his price is very expensive for his, um, for his, for his company. So he decided to do a split just to give people opportunity to purchase, to purchase more shares and watch them grow. Cause I think his price at one point was like a 2000 almost. Wow. For one, I share. think now, for one piece of the path, right? Wow. And now 
his his cost is like I think probably like five hundred now. I mean, I haven't checked Tesla to, like today. His prices go up really fast. Mm-hmm. Like I said, some people's pro- share prices go up by the cent or the dollar. His goes up by the tens, wow. from what I've noticed. Mm-hmm. His prices go up really fast, considering. Wow. And that could be a good thing. That's a good thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, it's great that's thing your money. Him. Yeah, exactly. It's a great <laughs> thing for an investor too. Their money keeps accumulating quicker. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you so much for explaining that. Cause that was like the number one question. Like, can you explain yeah. what oh, just yeah. happened? No, I totally get that. And I, I actually have an IG live that explains the stock split too. If they want to um, take a look at this, it's an hour of intense stock split conversation. <laughs> okay, definitely. And I have um, all of your information linked in the show notes and I mentioned it in the closing. So definitely go and check that out um, just to get more uh-huh. in depth if you want more knowledge on that. So um, another question that I kept getting for you specifically is, um, do you day trade? Do you recommend day trading um, and just kind of like what is your investment philosophy are you kind of like just in it and then you get out or are you a Mm -hmm. long-term investor Mm -hmm. that's a great question too so no I'm not a day trader so um, there's a there's like a stereotype that day traders um, you know like they just like you said they went in and out they try to get the most money and profit this and that to me I always had the um, perception that day traders are just trying to um, Day traders are just trying to, you know, beat the market. It's to me, they're treating like a gamble, like they're at Vegas trying to get, like, that's why I never day Kind of like a cash I, grab. Exactly, exactly. And that's why I personally never was interested, but I'm actually reading, I'm doing a lot of research about the stock market now. And I actually read that there are people who are using that strategy um, and they're doing it really well. So, you know, I'm learning. I'm still, you know, I'm still always learning in my journey as well. So, but no, I don't day trade. I am very much so a very passive investor, buy and hold investor. Like I, I still have stocks. I have shares that I've had since 20, um, since two, 2011, 2012, 2013, whatever it was, 13, who knows? That was I mean, <laughs> a while ago. Ooh, yeah. A while ago. <laughs> you know, I've, I've had shares since 2013. You know, I haven't, there's a lot of them I haven't touched, you know, and I'll add money. Like I said, it used to be every year, which, and I learned um, that you should do it every month, but I, and I add, you know, to my portfolio as much as I can each month. And I don't think about it. I really, I don't look at the stock price that often. I would look at some, you know, when I'm about to talk, prepare for like a, a chat with people, but for the most part, I don't, I don't look at it, honestly, especially with my Roth IRA. I had someone else manage that for me. So I don't even know all the stocks that are in it. I'm not even gonna lie to you. I don't know, but I do, (laughs) I don't know, but I do trust that the person that I paid a lot of money for to manage it for me at first, pick the stocks that were best for my portfolio, you know, best for my investment goals. So all I do is just add money and keep it moving. That's what I'm saying. You gotta keep, you gotta, don't think too much about it. You know, if you can do, you know, the research, um, some upfront research and then buy and then continue to learn. Like I said, I started when I was 21. Mm-hmm. I'm 29 now. And I, there's so much more that I learned. I still invested in the stock market at 21 though. And I'm still learning and I'm finding out ways that I can better add to my um, portfolio. I have a Robinhood account that I just opened this year mm-hmm. that I'm dedicating to picking and I'm developing my Ashley's portfolio, my, the stocks that I choose, you know, and I'm adding very slowly to that portfolio each month. Like it's, I'm not pressed. I'm not stressed. Mm-hmm. I don't have time to be doing that. I have a million other things to do. Let me looking at my portfolio every day, wondering if my money gonna get lost. Right, I ain't got time right. to be thinking like that, you know? <laughs> no. And I feel like a lot of people do that. And that is when they get into that negative mindset because they keep, yeah. you know, they're checking it every single day. Every it's single. not going in the direction that they, you know, want. Right. Or if it is, it's so small. You don't even notice a change. Mm-hmm. I have, um, I'm down a hundred dollars. I just checked, uh, I think it was yesterday and I have put money in like maybe two weeks ago and now I'm down a hundred, uh, yeah, a hundred dollars. I was like, Oh, okay. And I kept my day. You know what I did? I kept my day moving. Mm-hmm. I looked at it and I was probably watching TV or something. I didn't think about it. I kept my life moving. Oh, well, you're going to lose, but you're going to gain more than you lose. Mm-hmm. That's so true. And the way I think I heard, I'm not sure if it was Dave Ramsey or someone um, just talk about that. You don't lose, you don't get off a roller coaster in the middle of the ride. 
And I exactly. feel like the stock market is the exact same way. If you get off in it, the middle of it going down, then yeah, you are going to lose. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You have to, and it, it's a long game. I think when we talk about it, we really, I, in my opinion, we think of it as um, a gamble as Vegas. Like I said, day trading, quick buck, quick dollars. Mm -hmm. The market is not a place to earn a quick buck at all. It's a place where you want to keep your money in as long as possible. And, you know, after a certain age, you want to, um, like re, re something called reallocate, um, which is basically selling all your stocks and then buying some like safe stocks so you can keep living your life. Mm -hmm. That's really what it does. Mm -hmm. The end. Don't make it complicated y'all. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. So another mm -hmm. question that I got is, do you get into the stock market wanting that money to stay there for 10, 20 years? What if someone is um, thinking that they, they may need that money in like three to five years? Yeah. What do you yes. think they should do? Yes. Okay. So you can definitely use the stock market for a short-term goal. And I don't want to think about it as a savings, it's not a savings goal, but it's a short-term investing goal. But a lot of people um, have that. Um, so let's say, for example, you plan on getting married in a couple years, mm -hmm. or let's say that you, um, want to buy a house, buy a home. There's a lot, you know, there's a lot that you want to save maybe like three years, three to five years. I think anything under two, you should probably open a certificate of deposit. Although I don't think those are doing too well lately. Mm -mm, not right now. But if, yeah, <laughs> if you, or, okay. So if let's, let's say like maybe two years, let's say it's two and put all your money in treasury, um, like government bonds, mm -hmm. they get really, really, really low returns, like one or 2%. So basically it's like dollar for dollar, <clears throat> if it's 1%. So every dollar you invest, you'll get a dollar back. But um, government treasury bonds, T bonds are extreme. They're like the safest stock out there. That's the only stock that's guaranteed because it's backed by the government, meaning if something pop off, the government makes the money. They make our money. They'll just issue more paper notes for your account. So if it's, I would say less than two years, get a treasury, invest in the government. It's not really investing, but just put your money in the government. It's, you're buying their debt basically. But that's what I would recommend for under two years. Two to like, I would say like three to five years, um, you can do like a money market or you can invest like in, um, uh, let me see. Yeah, like a money market, or you could do like, like I said, the S&P 500, anything that tracks an S&P 500, mm -hmm. anything that's safe. You can do um, something with dividends. So dividends basically pay you every quarter. So basically, they're so, these are strong companies that have done well for a long time, like your Coca-Cola, I think Home Depot, they give you dividends. Basically, they're paying you as a thank you for investing. So not only are you getting money on, like, not only did you buy the brick with the hopes that the brick will grow, but you're also giving, they're giving you some money, some cold, hard cash money just for having a, a, share, a share, just for having a piece of the stock. So dividends, like that, and those are considered safe stocks, income bearing, safe security. So I would do something like that. Get your little extra coins in and do that. Mm -hmm. okay. and, and then, you know, you cash out after two to, or um, yeah, like three to five years. That, and those are safe. You want safe stock or safe investments if it's short term. If it's short term or if you're old, you want safe income producing, you know, old faithfuls, Coke, you know, everybody would drink Coke. Right. Yeah, that's to what you want. To the end of time. <laughs> to the end, there we go, to the end of time. <laughs> Good, okay, so I have one more listener question um, yeah. before we wrap up. So yeah. do you have a favorite investing app and do you have a favorite yes. online broker, especially like geared towards beginners? Yes, I do. Okay. So for me, my favorite uh, app is Robinhood. And I, like I said, I opened my like Ashley's portfolio in, um, in March, in March, and I've been investing there since March. And uh, I like it because it's uh, user, very user-friendly it's an app. So, you know, we know how to use an app. Just saying mm -hmm. people out there don't have nothing on desktop anymore. <laughs> and I like it also because, and this may not be something people understand, but 
it's something called zero percent commissions so everything costs money even investing in the stock market and think of it like almost like a tax it's not it's not tax it's not tax but think of it like tax like um if you buy a shirt at h&m you got to pay extra money for the tax it's the same thing mm -hmm. if you buy if you're going to own a piece of stock of apple you're going to have to pay the investment platform for buying it so let's say that apple costs two hundred dollars you may have to give them like ten dollars out of the 200 or you have to add extra ten dollars you know something well usually they take money out so instead of it being two hundred dollars that you paid you paid 190 it's like that mm -hmm. it's the same thing so with robin hood though you don't have to pay that extra that commission that tax to to make trades so you can do that all day so people are there making trades all day long on that mm -hmm. buying and selling and selling and buying but that's why i like it. it's great for our first time for a beginner and um Honestly, Ashley, if I, if I were 21 and, you know, the way podcasts and the way information is so readily available, and this is like, but you know, the early, early tens, early, yeah, I don't know, you, I would, oh my God, my portfolio would be out of control. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I know now, so I know that in 10 years from now, in five years from now, my portfolio is going to be out of control. Out of control so I'm not yeah. looking, yeah, I'm not looking at lack, like I can't change that, but I look at what I have now and the knowledge I have now. I'll use that for the next, for the, the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. So true. And then what about like a favorite online broker? Like I know you mentioned Fidelity. Um, so maybe like a Fidelity over an ally. Like do you, do you have a yeah. favorite online broker? Yeah, yeah. So um, there, it is a kind of broker. Like um, in terms of like a person, because the thing is Fidelity doesn't manage your money either. Mm -hmm. I do like, I do like Fidelity, but that's just, I'm biased and I have it. I think that Vanguard, I don't have Vanguard. I don't have it, but I think Vanguard, it has a proven track record of being a very, very, very good online broker. Very, like they've, they, people sing Vanguard praises for over, well over a decade now. Mm -hmm. So I would recommend that. I think Vanguard might be a little more expensive, but they have, they, they, they have the goods to back it up. They have okay. a good reason why they cost so much. Okay. So does Vanguard have that commission that you were talking about earlier? I that think Robin they do. That's what I, yes. And that's what I mean by it being, like I said, a little more pricey. The commission may be a little high, so mm -hmm. that cost to buy, but you're buying kind of knowing that. The, whoever's in that corner picking your stocks got your back. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. you have to think about it that way. Robinhood got your back too, but their research, their research isn't as um, sophisticated from what I've seen as um, other platforms. But what they lack, you can easily Google and do on your own mm -hmm. easily. Like Yahoo is Yahoo Finance section it gives you a lot of really great um, resources on what to look for when you're investing. Okay, perfect. That's a good resource to know. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, that was the last listener question, Ashley. Yay! Thank you so much. I feel like we were able to put a lot of like good yeah! content in a short amount of time. So thank I you so much. I hope so. No, it was a pleasure. I was so, I'm so glad to be on. I'm so happy. Like, it's super exciting. Yes. Yeah, so, and guys, she talks about the stock market all day, every day. So definitely check out her Instagram. Like I said, it will be mentioned in the show notes and it's at stacks, the letter N the city and she has IG lives. It seems like every day and I've sat in on a live. Yeah. We've yeah. learned so oh, no, much. I'm so glad. Yeah. Every Thursday, every Thursday at, um, at six, I have one. And if your listeners are looking for investment advice or um, like how to start their own investment portfolio, I do have a free e-course uh, through email. So learn how to invest in the stock market in 10 days. I'll be sending five emails mm -hmm. on what the stock market is, how it works, and how to physically make your first trade. Perfect. So this is, that's a perfect segue from this podcast. <laughs> so after you listen to this podcast, jump onto her website. Um, <laughs> is it Stacks in the City? Stacks, Stacks and, yes, yeah, and, yeah. Okay. So stacksinthecity.com and you can take the knowledge that she gave you in this podcast and then she's going to double that with um her free <laughs> f-r-e-e -E. let me that's right make sure i emphasize it it's free emphasize. her free e-course so thank you so much ashley so before i let you go we're gonna do just a quick rapid fire question just kind of have you on your toes um Ooh, wrap it up okay i'm ready okay so the first one is what was your first concert Oh, wow. I was not ready for that one. I think, it was to, <laughs> I think it was to see the Temptations. I'm not really? going to lie. 
Oh, yeah. Awesome. That is awesome. It's sixth grade. <laughs> is it, Ashley, is it awesome? Let's, yes. No temptations. I think that's, I mean, how many people, my first concert personally was Beyonce, which was, I Ooh. think, fully amazing, but the temptations, they're so, they're so classic, so that's cool. Yeah, I think it was like a temptations concert. Awesome. Yeah, like we were all these old heads, we're like 10. <laughs> <laughs> no, right. <laughs> Yeah, you just have to be there to get it. Yeah, no, I get you. My mom definitely <laughs> had me going to a lot of um, random jazz concerts. So. Right? <laughs> right, right. So we're cultured for it, so I appreciate it. We're cultured. <laughs> so the next one is, what is your favorite holiday? Oh, Thanksgiving, actually. Thanksgiving. Yeah, it used to not be, and now it is, for sure. Same, same. Um, the next question is the best money advice you've ever received. Oh, invest. Yeah, honestly, invest in the stock market, which sounds kind of cliche, but invest in something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, like I like that on brand. <laughs> I know, right? Wink, wink, y'all. Wink. <laughs> exactly. So this is the question that I'm asking all of my guests for the remainder yeah. of the year. How would you describe 2020 in one word? Oh, that's a real, you're not playing with these rapid words, <laughs> are you? Oh no. Uh, uh, oh my gosh, uh, uh, reformative? Uh, Reform Ooh. I don't know, I would say that one, yeah. Okay. I wasn't ready for these questions. <laughs> I, didn't got you on I wasn't expecting these. <laughs> Yeah, I would actually thank you question. again. I really appreciate it. Um, I'll definitely have you back because we didn't even like touch the real estate. Yeah, part um, I know. You're, you're a boss when it comes to real estate investing as well. So I'll definitely have you back. Um, and thank you again so, so much. And can you again just repeat where everyone can find you at on social media if they want to connect with you more and learn more about um, everything that you're doing? Yes. Okay. So you could definitely follow me at Stacks in the City, S T A C K S, the letter N, T H E City, everywhere. But, you know, my Twitter is dry. So if y'all want to follow that, that's <laughs> nice of y'all. But I'm on Instagram mostly. And then my website is www.stacksandthecity.co.co. And I'll, actually, I'll email you the uh, email, um, the e-course, because you guys can just sign up directly on that. You don't have to go through any extra channels. And literally, right after you sign up, you'll have the first day. You'll have the first um, lesson. Perfect. Perfect. All right. So I'll make sure to add all of that in the show notes. Ashley, thank you again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I definitely took away something from this conversation. So I know that my listeners did as well. And, and the pleasure's all mine. Thank you. I told you all this would be a good one, and Ashley did not disappoint. But now that she got us all fired up about investing in the stock market, it's time to put action behind that knowledge. So I created a free guide just for you. I researched the top online stockbrokers for beginners, and I put it in an easy-to-read guide to help you get started. So all you have to do is head over to thefinancialkey.com and download your copy today. So as soon as you finish that, then make sure you head over to Ashley's website, which is going to be down below in the show notes, and make sure you sign up for her free e-course that we talked about during the episode. So with this guide and her free e-course, you have all the resources that you need to go ahead and get started investing in the stock market. So again, guys, thank you all for listening. I hope that you were able to take something away from this episode. And if you don't know, my DMs are open. They are wide open. So if you have a question, if there's a topic that you want me to do an episode on, or if there's even maybe someone you would like me to interview, shoot me a DM. Make sure you're following us on Instagram at the financial key. Um, to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the podcast, with new episodes that are launching. Thank you all again. And thank you all so much for all the questions. Like 90% of the questions that I asked Ashley today were from you all. So I hope that you got the answers to your questions. Um, each and every time I'm about to interview a guest, I will make sure to announce it 
on my Instagram page. And I usually just put up like a little Q&A in the Insta story. And that's your opportunity to ask that question. And I'll make sure that it makes it onto the list and that we get the answer for you. So again, my DMs are always open. Thank you all for listening and I'll see you all in the next episode. Bye. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode, but there's one more key I want to leave with you before you go. Did you know that this podcast is a success because of you? Yes, you. When you engage and share an episode, it helps others just like you find this podcast. So if you haven't already, please subscribe. And if you have an extra minute, I would love it if you could leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. Thanks again for listening and I'll see you soon. Same time, same place.